You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the EU tightens restrictions on U.S. travelers and Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf requests a disaster declaration following Hurricane Ida. Here is your national news recap for the week of September 5th. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a controversial election integrity bill on Tuesday. Fox News reported the Republican put his signature on the legislation in Tyler, Texas. The bill will roll back some pandemic-related voter accommodations along with establishing new rules for mail-in voting and tightening existing voting procedures. Supporters have said the law is needed to uphold election integrity, but critics have gone as far as to call the law Jim Crow 2.0. Democratic state House members even protested the bill by traveling to Washington, D.C. to hold up the bill in the chamber. Louisiana is rescheduling its fall elections. Secretary of State Kyle Arden announced Wednesday that the October 9th election will now happen November 13th, while the November 13th election will happen December 11th. Ardwin says the delays will help staff and local partners better prepare for statewide elections following Hurricane Ida. He also believes the postponements will keep traditional voting habits from being disturbed. Ida caused widespread destruction last week. New York City is issuing another coronavirus vaccine mandate. Mayor Bill de Blasio says all city contracted employees at child care centers and aftercare centers must get at least one dose by September 27th. The city has previously issued a vaccine mandate for teachers and school staff. A possible suspect in a southeast Texas quadruple murder is dead after apparently taking his own life during a traffic stop. Houston police say the man shot himself in the head after being pulled over Thursday morning on Adler near Burnett Bayland Park. He later died at the hospital. It's believed the 23-year-old is the stepson of Jero Escano, whose body was found Sunday in a burning home. The bodies of Escano's wife, 13-year-old daughter, and 10-year-old son were in the house. All four had been shot to death. Officers believe the weapon used in the murders was found inside the stepson's car. The new National Drought Monitor map shows areas of severe drought in the far northern and southeast corners of Wisconsin. Much of the southern and northwest parts of the state are in at least moderate drought. For another week, the middle third of Wisconsin is drought-free. Des Moines' historic firehouse number one downtown is being sold. Abbott Properties plans to use it for an art gallery, retail space, and an upstairs event space. Proceeds will be used to retire the debt and support arts and culture. The sale is pending Des Moines City Council approval. New evacuation orders were issued in the nearly two-month-old Dixie Fire Zone, California's largest single wildfire. Cal Fire says the blaze is getting very dynamic and is making a significant run to the northeast beyond the primary containment lines. 
Evacuations were ordered Wednesday night in parts of both Shasta and Lassen counties, including the community of Old Station and for residents near Highway 44. The Dixie Fire is officially 59% contained at just over 927,000 acres, but forecasters predict a cold front will produce gusty winds that could further fan the flames. A fourth suspect is behind bars accused of stealing the identities of seven of the Surfside collapse victims. Detectives say 20-year-old Nelson Garcia Medina used the names of a person killed in the tragedy to buy a $130 pair of sneakers. Garcia Medina is the brother of one of the three people taken into custody Wednesday on several charges related to the scheme. They all face 15 to 30 years if convicted. A construction crew had to be evacuated from a home in Hudson Wednesday morning after a crew member accidentally ruptured a gas line. The crew was finishing a build of a house on North 5th Street when the line broke open. Firefighters rushed to the home, blocked off access roads nearby to keep people away. They also evacuated nearby homes. The gas utility, National Grid, sent workers to the scene to cap the gas line. No one on the site was injured. A lack of oxygen in the ocean off the coast of Oregon and Washington is at its worst point this year. Researchers from Oregon State University say a condition known as hypoxia normally doesn't last this long. It's caused by north winds that push nutrient-rich but oxygen-poor water near the coast. The lack of oxygen can cause massive dead zones when ocean animals that can't move quickly die from lack of oxygen. This summer, the low oxygen area was approaching 8,000 square miles. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. My name is Ram, bringing you all things in recent politics for the Rowan Report. Thursday, Governor Phil Murphy was joined by the U.S. Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, alongside other leaders and officials at the groundbreaking ceremony for the New Jersey Windport in Lower Alloways Creek in Salem County. As one of the first steps in the transition to renewable energy and for New Jersey to become a hub for the American offshore wind industry, the project is expected to be completed in 2023, creating up to $500 million in new economic activity every year as well as 1,500 manufacturing, assembly, and operations jobs, as well as hundreds of union construction jobs in the site. The New Jersey Windport will be located on an artificial island on the eastern shores of the Delaware River, southwest of the city of Salem. On Monday, Lou Barletta marched with supporters in Philadelphia's annual Labor Day parade. Running as a Republican candidate for Pennsylvania governor, Lou Barletta said he was invited by nine union locals to march in the parade. Alluding to former Trump's win in the state in 2016, he says the GOP has the capability to appeal to union workers. He said, quote, I want to get to work on day one if I'm elected governor. That means having a close relationship with labor, end quote. In bigger picture news, the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit on Thursday over the abortion law in Texas. In federal court, asking a federal judge to declare that the law is invalid. Quote, the act is clearly unconstitutional under long-standing Supreme Court precedent, end quote. Attorney General Merrick Garland said. This is the latest development in a heating exchange as the U.S. Supreme Court recently declined to block implementation of the Texas law, which bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, and has drawn pressure from President Biden as well as Congress Democrats. The Biden administration is announcing new rules on Thursday that impact 80 to 100 million U.S. employees in the private sector. This new mandate affects businesses with more than 100 employees, requiring them to get fully vaccinated for COVID-19 or else test negative at least once a week. All federal workers and healthcare workers at Medicare and Medicaid participating hospitals must get vaccinated as well. This follows conflict on mask mandates in school districts in Florida. 
On Wednesday, a judge ruled against Governor Ron DeSantis, saying that the state cannot block the restrictions. Quote, we're not in normal times, we're in a pandemic, end quote, said the county circuit judge, citing evidence that wearing masks provides some protection when in crowded settings such as schools. The governor appears to be poised to file an emergency motion to reinstate the ban on mask mandates. This follows a federal judge blocking enforcement of an anti-riot law spearheaded by Governor DeSantis on Thursday, citing that this legislation likely violated the U.S. Constitution. On Thursday, the U.S. House of Representatives, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said members of his party are asking the Supreme Court to overturn proxy voting rules set by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, calling it unconstitutional. I've been Ram, and this has been Politics with Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. The man accused of the deadliest attack on French soils since World War II went on a trial Wednesday in Paris. French national Salah Aldeslam is the only suspect to survive the November 2015 attack on the bars and restaurant, the Baton Clan Concert Hall, and the studs of French Sports Stadium. The nine gunmen and suicide bombers killed 130 people and they injured more than 400 others. French police say an ex- unexploded suicide belt belonging to Absalom was found after the attacks. Some countries in the European Union are tightening restrictions on the U.S. travelers crossing the pond. Spain, Denmark, Bulgaria, Italy, Sweden, and Norway are all tightening COVID restrictions on travelers from the States. Spain will be requiring proof of vaccinations, while Italy will be adding testing and self-isolation requirements for American travelers. Bulgaria and Sweden are bearing U.S. travelers altogether, regardless of vaccination state. It comes as the U.S. deals with another surge of COVID-19, fueled by the rapidly spreading Delta variant. The Taliban is allowing more than 200 Afghan dual nations, including America, to leave the country. Two diplomats based in Kabul confirmed the flight manifest granted permission for 211 Afghanistans to leave from Kimball. However, it isn't clear how many of those people are able to reach a convoy in time to get to the airport safely. The dual nation on the manifest includes about 30 American as well as passport holders from Canada, the UK, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, and Ukraine. Mexico is now the first North American country to ban animal testing for cosmetics. Staking the claim over the U.S. and Canada, the Humane Society said this makes Mexico the 41st country worldwide to ban this sort of testing, calling it a momental step forward for animals. The organization's international executive director added this groundbreaking legislation, bringing us one bunny leap closer to global ban. Meanwhile, only seven U.S. states currently have the law placed banning animal testing for cosmetics. They are California, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Nevada, and Virginia. Three northeastern states include New Jersey, Rhode Island, and New York are considering bills of their own. Mercedes-Benz is introducing a car that you can control with your brain. At a showcase in Germany this week, the car maker said its new vision AVTR uses a technology called BIC for brain-computer interface to control functions including selecting the destination and the setting the lighting. Technology works by attracting the BCI device to the user's head, which measures brain waves that send information to the car. There's no words yet if or when the thought-controlled vehicle will be released.
I'm Victoria Baker, and that was your international news. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. PA Governor Tom Wolf is laying out his back-to-school safety plan. Wolf says their goal is not to just start the year with kids in school, but to keep them in school all year long, as research shows that many students learn better in a classroom. The governor then laid out four key resources to help schools and protect communities, which includes requiring masks in school buildings across the state. It also includes requiring vaccine providers to coordinate vaccine clinics at schools, providing free weekly COVID-19 testing for participating schools and utilizing funds from the American Rescue Plan to keep schools safe. Authorities are working on identifying a body found in the Passaic River in New Jersey, possibly connected to the recent historic storm Ida. Passaic Mayor Hector Loris says the families are holding out hope with two people from his city still missing, along with a person from Little Falls. The body was found on the bank of the river near Kearney. First responders believe three people still missing were swept up by floodwaters connected to remnants of Hurricane Ida. First responders are expected to continue their search until they find all of the bodies. Baltimore City State's attorney Marilyn Mosby has launched the Faces of Actual Innocence campaign to share the stories of men who were wrongfully convicted. The campaign includes video interviews with the exonerated men, and it will culminate with a panel discussion on October 2nd, which is International Wrongful Conviction Day. Mosby says the men's freedom must be celebrated while recognizing the victims' families who must restart their healing journey. The campaign is a partnership of the Conviction Integrity Unit, Healing Justice, and the Innocence Project. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf is requesting that President Biden issue a major disaster declaration for the state for the damages caused by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. Wolf wants a major disaster declared for Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Montgomery, Philadelphia, and York counties, and public assistance for several others. The governor's office says this would open up federal funding and services for eligible individuals and households impacted by the storm, as well as fund state and nonprofit recovery efforts. The state's current estimate of damages to public infrastructure is currently at over $110 million. From Jackie Roman at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, the Board of Education for the Elizabeth, New Jersey Public School System unanimously approved a resolution to purchase the Benedictine Academy property, a Catholic school that closed last year for a total of $5.5 million during a special meeting held recently. The board passed a resolution last month expressing notice of intent to purchase the site. Elizabeth compromises New Jersey's third largest school district after Newark and Jersey City with 30,400 students. The district had approximately 1,500 new students register over the summer alone. From Mike Rosenstein and NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, the sports talk radio scene in Philadelphia is mourning the loss of a legend. Big Daddy Graham, born as Edward Gudonis, passed away recently, according to sports radio WIP. He was 68 years old. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Graham joined WIP in 1997 and spent two decades hosting the station's overnight shift. His career slowed down in 2019 after he was paralyzed from the waist down following a spinal cord injury, but it couldn't keep Graham from staying in front of the microphone, hosting the Big Daddy Graham's Countdown podcast. According to the Inquirer, Graham was a well-known comedian, recording artist, and author, most recently co-writer of a revised edition of The Great Book of Philadelphia Sports List with fellow WIP host Glenn Macnow. Marylanders 65 years or older and residents living in congregate care settings now qualify for COVID booster shots. Governor Larry Hogan says CDC guidance on boosters has been confusing, and it's imperative that Maryland move forward with booster shots to protect the most vulnerable. In addition, all pharmacies and vaccine providers may administer booster shots to anyone who considers themselves immunocompromised without a prescription or doctor's note. 
I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. And this is Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. Rowan University has recently announced that they are going to extend the mask requirement here on the campus of Rowan University. With the continued spread of the Delta variant, the Glassboro and Camden campuses will continue the current mask requirement until the end of September. They will continue to monitor transmission rates in and or around campuses and reevaluate the requirement as the conditions warrant. As a reminder, Rowan University is following CDC and state guidance and is requiring all students, faculty, and staff, regardless of vaccination status, to wear masks in all classrooms, lecture halls, laboratories, and other crowded indoor spaces. Small groups of vaccinated individuals, however, may continue to meet unmasked if social distancing is achievable and the group agrees to the arrangement. Unvaccinated should continue to wear masks regardless of the group size. The medical schools will continue to provide the respective protocols. For more information, you guys can visit the Return to Rowan website for answers about Rowan's preparedness plans and other information on the mask mandate. And this has been Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world. Staying local, let's take a look at Roan University sports. We have Profs football on the fold once again this week as the Roan University football team takes on Springfield College today at 12 p.m. The Profs football team looks to bounce back from a tough loss they received last week to the hands of Widener University. Rowan led by five points at halftime in their week one opener by a score of 22-17. However, the Profs' offense led by Mike Husney weren't able to muster any production in the second half of the game as they dropped this one by a final score of 27-22 in favor of Widener. The Profs looked to snag their first victory of the season against a Springfield team that also dropped their first game of the season against Western New England University by a final score of 24-13. Switching things over to the latest and greatest news from the professional sports world. Starting off in the MLB, New York Yankees legendary shortstop, better known as the captain, Derek Jeter, was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame located in Cooperstown, New York, Wednesday evening. During his ceremony and induction speech, Jeter picked fun at the lone baseball writer that voted against inducting Jeter into the Hall of Fame, which prevented him from receiving a unanimous decision in his first year of Hall of Fame eligibility. During his speech, Jeter turned around from behind his podium to face the writers and said, Thank you to the baseball writers, all but one of you who voted for me. Jeter's comment, of course, in good fun, created a roar of laughter from the Cooperstown crowd full of Yankees fans on Wednesday night. Switching things over to take a look at the National Basketball Association. While there isn't a ton of NBA news, the Ben Simmons and Philadelphia 76ers drama is still in full force. ESPN's Brian Winhurst reported late Wednesday evening that Ben Simmons confronted the 76ers organization to some capacity with this message saying, quote-unquote, it's not his job to fix his trade value. Simmons, of course, is referring to his desire to leave Philadelphia despite the lack of offensive production from the star defensive guard this season. The 76ers have expressed that they are unwilling to trade Simmons and would like to keep him around for the upcoming season, but if they were to trade him, it wouldn't be for a bag of chips. Switching things over to the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played host to the Dallas Cowboys Thursday night to open the NFL season. 
Tom Brady and the Tampa offense were responsible for a game-winning drive that resulted in a field goal to defeat the Dallas Cowboys 31-29. Tom Brady and Dak Prescott combined for an NFL all-time record 74 pass completions in the Thursday night contest. This game was a terrific preview of what should be to come for the 2021 NFL season. Once again, my name is Danny Ryan, and this has been your news from around the sports world on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. 75% of adults in the U.S. have now received at least one shot of a COVID-19 vaccine. The CDC updated the vaccination rate on Tuesday, adding that just over 64% of adults are fully vaccinated against the virus. Vaccines, whether from Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, are available for free for everyone over the age of 12. First-time jobless claims are now down in Florida. Rick Hoshaw looks at the numbers. The U.S. Labor Department reports 5,800 Floridians filed initial claims for unemployment benefits last week. That's nearly 3,900 fewer than the previous week's revised level. The drop comes after two weeks of rising numbers, but jobless claims in Florida remain at pre-pandemic levels. Nationally, 310,000 claims were filed, a drop of 35,000 from the week before. I'm Rick Hoshaw. The weekly report on first-time claims for unemployment benefits came in Thursday morning and analysts expect the numbers to fall. They expect to see that 336,000 Americans filed initial jobless claims last year, down from 340,000 the previous week and another post-pandemic low. The report was due at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Dogs of all ages will now get to enjoy the benefits of a subscription service from Petco. On Wednesday, the company announced its Pup Box program will now be available to newborn canines all the way up to senior pup. Each monthly shipment is tailored specifically for the stage of life that dog is currently and can include items like training materials, toys, and treats. The boxes are expected to roll out September 15th. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Jacqueline Rasmussen. Tributes are pouring in after actor Michael K. Williams was found dead on Monday of an apparent overdose. Wendell Pierce, who starred alongside Williams on The Wire, said he was an immensely talented man. He said the depths of his love for Williams can only be matched by the pain of learning of his loss. Williams died at the age of 54 to an apparent overdose. Jennifer Lawrence is going to be a mom. Lawrence's representative announced her pregnancy to People magazine on Wednesday. This will be her first child for Lawrence and her husband, art gallery director Cook Maroney. The two got married in 2019 after being linked in 2018. The rep did not say when the baby is due. Kylie Jenner is expecting baby number two. She took to Instagram to share a minute and a half video confirming that she is having a second baby with rapper Travis Scott. The video shows her heading to doctor's appointments as well as telling her mother, Kris Jenner, about the baby. She and Scott already share a three-year-old daughter named Stormy. Fans began speculating the 24-year-old was expecting last month, but the Keeping Up with the Kardashian star has been keeping her pregnancy under wraps. There is no word on when she is due. Comedian John Mulaney is going to be a father. During his Tuesday night appearance on Late Night with Seth Meyers, the Saturday Night Live writer said he packed a lot into the past year. He said he went to rehab twice, got divorced after seven years of marriage, and started dating actress Olivia Munn in the spring. Since then, the actress has gotten pregnant. 
Mulaney thanked Myers for saving him from drugs and noted Munn and their babies helped save him from himself while in recovery. There's no word on when the baby is due, but this will be the first child for both of them. Actor Bob Odenkirk is back at work following a small heart attack in July. He collapsed while on the set of Better Call Saul in New Mexico and took some time to recover. On Wednesday, he took back to Twitter to let his fans know that he is so happy to be back on set and living life surrounded by such good people. The 58-year-old also shouted out makeup pro Cherry Montesanto for making him look, quote, not ugly for shooting. He's currently filming the sixth season of the Breaking Bad spinoff. Britney Spears is celebrating her father's decision to file end to her conservatorship. TMZ reports that she is ecstatic and that she views the move as a total victory. Even though she's excited, she's also still apparently angry at her father for his part in the conservatorship. This comes after Jamie Spears filed paperwork in Los Angeles this week to end the arrangement after 13 years. In the documents, Jamie said his daughter is, quote, entitled to have this court now seriously consider whether his conservatorship is no longer required, end quote. He noted Spears' public frustration and asked the court to let her have her life back. The original host of the children's show Blue's Clues is reaching out to those who grew up with him. Steve Burns posted a heartfelt video online in honor of the show's 25th anniversary. He explained that he left in 2002 to go to college, admitting it was challenging but great to use his mind. He also admitted his departure was abrupt, but said after all these years, he never forgot the fans who tuned in to watch the show. He went on to thank those fans, saying he's proud of them for growing up and helping him do the same. The new Sony film Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is getting its release date moved up. The sequel to the 2018 Venom movie will now release two weeks sooner than originally scheduled. This comes as box office numbers for the new Marvel Studios film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings are coming in way above industry expectations. The Tom Hardy-led film, which also stars Woody Harrelson, will debut on October 2nd. I'm Jacqueline Rasmussen, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.